electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Fast Money starts right now. Major story breaking in just the last few minutes. SEC sues Tesla CEO Elon Musk for fraud. Check out the stock. It is down by 10 and a quarter percent in the after hour session. You're taking a look right now at a live shot. The SEC is about to hold a news conference in Washington, D.C. We'll bring that to you live as soon as that gets started. Meantime, we've got full team coverage around David Faber, who's been reporting on the story. And of course, Phil LeBeau, who's at a Tesla dealership out in California. But David, let's start it off with you. Okay, thank you, uh, uh, Melissa. Yeah, let's just set the scene for people at this point so they can understand where we are. About an hour ago, we got the news that uh, the SEC was charging uh, Elon Musk with fraud, uh, misleading statements, uh, false statements that led to a move in Tesla's stock price that they describe, at least, was for the benefit of perhaps defeating short sellers that had become his nemesis. That, at least, is one part of this complaint that goes on in a number of different areas, talking about reckless behavior uh, in not knowing that his statements were false and misleading, uh, omitting material facts, um, premised on a long series of baseless assumptions and contrary to facts that Mr. Musk knew at the time. Of course, this refers to that series of tweets one of the key ones being funding secured that took place in the 8th of August that did have the effect of sending up uh, Tesla's stock price on the news that he was pursuing a go-private transaction. Um, the SEC claims that caused market chaos and harmed Tesla investors, uh, set off a trading frenzy, says the SEC, uh, and the trading volume and price of Tesla did immediately spike thereafter. They do seek to bar Mr. Musk as an officer or director of a publicly traded company. That is typically what they look for in uh, actions like this. Important to note, the complaint uh, is against just Mr. Musk. It does not include Tesla itself. Uh, and there are any number of defenses I think we're going to start to hear from Mr. Musk in terms of his behavior on that day uh, and why, in fact, he felt that it was uh, a correct statement to say that funding had been secured. The company citing what they believe or were um, quite a few meetings that Mr. Musk had had with the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia, in which he was led to believe that they were fully behind the idea of taking the company private uh, and would be a source of funds for that effort. Um, they also uh, go on to cite a number of different uh, reasons as well that... Um, the SEC should not have taken this action because of the harm that it will bring to um, shareholders of the company itself. Uh, let me read here one thing that we've got, at least from Tesla, on this inquiry. Uh, they say it may have been unusual for someone contemplating a buyout, but Mr. Musk did not approach this as a typical take-private transaction. They say he had no intention of increasing his ownership or control of the company. He had no intention of cashing out of his own equity. He had, in fact, no pecuniary motivation at all. He wanted existing shareholders to remain with the company if that were possible and if they wanted to do so. Uh, and so their argument is simply uh, that, in fact, that was not the case. And they go on to say that Mr. Musk may actually have been motivated by correcting a false impression in the market when news of a $2 billion investment was reported in Tesla by the Saudis. 
he may have been under the mistaken assumption that the news of his conversations about a potential go private had leaked and was simply trying to actually clarify and release to the market all the information that he knew at that time. None of this appears to have been enough, clearly was not, mm -hmm. to convince the SEC, Melissa, not to bring today's action, which again, if they are successful uh, in proving it, would result uh, potentially in fines and in Mr. Musk being removed as a CEO of this company or as an officer or director of any public company. Just last month, David, the company acknowledged that it had received an informal request from the DOJ, a voluntary request for documents, which many thought was the first step in a fraud investigation. How does this SEC uh, suit dovetail, if at all, with the DOJ investigation? Uh, unclear, and I, I have to say I haven't done enough reporting on it to understand. As you well know, we do have cases where, of course, the SEC and the DOJ act together to bring an action, both criminal and civil in nature, against uh, particular companies and or officers of those companies. Think, for example, fraud uh, at, a, at a particular company. Um, in this case, the um, AUSA, perhaps in San Francisco, may continue to be investigating whether or not this rises to the level of criminal uh, activity in nature. But all we know at this point is the SEC chose that it had enough time or enough evidence to move for a civil claim uh, and make its complaint. Important to note, the SEC hasn't done much. Its fiscal year um, is ending on September 30th. Some have noted that to me as saying they maybe wanted to make the justification for their existence before the end of the fiscal year. I know that may be a cynical take, but you may hear more about that as well. Uh, David, one last question in terms of the SEC's effort, and we might have to go to this press conference now, to uh, potentially bar Elon Musk as being a, an officer of a publicly traded company. This seems to differ from, from past instances where this has been done, in that he didn't personally gain, per se, from any sort of fraud. It wasn't insider trading. It wasn't cooking the books. That is true. Uh, and it certainly was not. And the company would make the case that, in fact, typically fraud, when it is prosecuted by the SEC, involves what you just said, perhaps a manipulation of numbers to give a false impression of the fundamentals of the, of the company itself. And when that is then revealed, it impacts the company. They would say it's only because now you have threatened our founder and our most important person that shareholders are going to actually be hurt, uh, Melissa. Mm -hmm. But Nonetheless, they are seeking what they do typically seek in these kinds of cases, which is to have him uh, be in a position where he could no longer serve uh, on, a, on a board of directors or as an officer of a company. All right. David, thank you. David Faber uh, back at headquarters with the very latest on Tesla. Let's trade this. In terms of 10% decline in the shares that we're seeing right now, Pete Najarian, what do you think that represents? The notion that Elon Musk is taken off in some way, shape, or form, either by force or by voluntary resignation? I would say the voluntary resignation is unlikely. Okay. I, I would say by force, I, would, I could perceive that happening absolutely. And, and you know, the, the financials are what they've been for a long time with Tesla, obviously. So there's a lot of different things that are coming into play here. But if indeed he's removed, I would think that this drop is not just what we're seeing today. I would, I would expect to see more of a drop than what we're seeing right now. A tremendous drop. And I, and I do think he'll be removed. And I think that when they go after this type of stuff, they want blood. They'll get blood. The SEC is not fooling around. That could mean what Pete's talking about. It could be a cut in half spot for Tesla. People have been talking about this for a cut long time. Cut in half. Well, I mean, there's a 255. There's a, there's a 244. But at the end of the day, 
cut in half, yes, I'll stick by that. There is an argument to be made that it would be more bullish for the shares if he were actually removed no. because that would remove the greatest uncertainty that's been hanging over the stock. No, absolutely. No. I, I mean, I've argued for years that this is a like a, a venture capital investment where you have a visionary founder that has this big idea and it shouldn't be valued on fundamentals. If you don't have Elon Musk, then you have to look at the fundamentals, and the fundamentals do not support this stock price at all. I don't think this is bullish for the stock in what, any way whatsoever. So, and, and love you, Brian, and love you for that view, but I, I think this long-term view that investors have on the stock is the problem, um, and, and is that they put blinders on and they say, all I care about is this long-term story. I get it. I get it. I get it. And, and meanwhile, the fundamentals change every single day. By the way, I would totally push back on the fact that he didn't have anything to gain by these quotes. He's the biggest shareholder of the company. Of course, he has something to gain. And, and in the long run, the challenge of the value of this company, if you are looking to sell it, you, uh, some are arguing out there he that didn't keeping sell the share the price shares on the is, back of the tweet. I, I don't and care. And the stock declined he owns afterwards. The company. He, okay. he is there to basically argue for the value of the company and say, hey, I've got all kinds of people. By the way, he hadn't even discussed, much less confirmed, as the SEC has quoted in their complaint. Um, you know, I think this is what you're supposed to do when there are rules and, and you have to set a standard. Let's all, start looking at top 10 holders. When they start to lighten up on the stock and you see, I know quarterly filings. We've seen that actually in the latest quarter. Right. We've had so you've seen these top 10 holders up. and that's the big thing because those are the buyers that are sitting there owning the bulks, bulk of shares. So to Tim's Blindly? point. I mean, so I don't think you're saying, I guess my question no, so is. Selling it. What, they're what, selling it. So for okay. me, I think that you're starting to hit a, hit a headwind now with yeah. actually the top 10 holders who were the biggest believers in this name. And to Brian's point, I agree totally. This is a guy that is the stock. Without him, there is no stock. Right. And let's remember, he has loaned his shares against this company. There's potentially margin calls out there. And not only that, the company has to raise money. Just if this didn't happen, the company was going <laughs> to have to raise money. money to so right now, who's going to give you money? Exactly. This this is not not no bueno. Let me. Ask, so there's been comparisons made to companies that have been so closely identified with its founders, and they turn out fine. And one example is Apple and Steve Jobs. Steve mm -hmm. Jobs goes away. Tim Cook steps in, and you know what? Apple hits record high after record high, no problem. Although is this the first Steve Jobs step away, the company this, almost went out of business. Yeah, the, the, the first, but the second the one second, I think the, is important the, the, the to see. Second but, time. but here's the difference: we knew who Tim Cook was. We actually knew right. what the hierarchy that was, that was is. Be the second, Who is after second Elon part of Musk? my point? With right. a lot of executive departures and it was set of late. Forget yes. it back then. You had a right. distribution in line. All you had to do was sort of sit at the helm, come up with a couple of good products, or just stay pat. Yeah, they had this, a blockbuster product. product that was making money. The right. company was actually in good financial health. And people will tell this you this is that not a company that's good financial health. People will tell you it was not innovative. I disagree. But uh, th that's a different argument altogether when, when it comes well, to Apple. Innovative. A lot of people will say Apple's not innovative ever since they lost uh, their founder, right? Uh, but I think they, the reality is I disagree with that, first of all. But second of all, if you want to say that, at least you, you you kept the ship going in the direction. It's all about the phone, right? And then right. all of a sudden, he started to build out more and more about the services and now the wearables and all those other different categories. But he actually had something and continued with what he had. All right, I want to bring in Phil LeBeau here, who's standing by at a Tesla dealership. And Phil, we've been talking about what could happen with Elon Musk, and it does look like the SEC news conference is just right. going to get started. So let's let's listen in. Directors of enforcement, uh, they'll deliver opening remarks and then take a few questions. So I'll hand it over. Good afternoon, and thank you for being here today. I'm Stephanie Avakian, and together with Stephen Pekin, we are co-directors of the Securities and Exchange Commission's Division of Enforcement. Today, the SEC filed securities fraud charges against Elon Musk, the chairman and CEO of Tesla Motors, 
stemming from his August 7, 2018 statements disseminated over Twitter that he was considering taking Tesla private. Musk's statements misled members of the investing public to believe that it was virtually certain he could take Tesla private at a price of $420 per share, which was a substantial premium over its share price at that time, because funding for this proposed transaction had been secured, and the only contingency remaining was a shareholder vote. The market reacted to this information, and Tesla's stock price quickly traded up. We allege that Musk's statements were false and misleading because they lacked any basis in fact. At the time he made these statements, Musk had not secured funding for the proposed transaction. To the contrary, we allege that he had not even discussed key deal terms, including price, with any potential source of funding. The SEC's complaint, which was filed earlier today in federal district court in the Southern District of New York, seeks a finding that Musk committed securities fraud, an injunction prohibiting him from doing so in the future, civil penalties, disgorgement of any ill-gotten gains, and a bar prohibiting Musk from serving as an officer or director of a public company in the future. Let me turn now to the allegations in the SEC's complaint. The SEC alleges that on August 7, 2018, at approximately 12.48 p.m. Eastern Time, in the midst of market hours, Musk published a tweet to his 22 million Twitter followers in which he stated, I'm considering taking Tesla private at $420, funding secured. Over the next few hours, Musk made additional statements through Twitter about the proposed going private transaction. A selection of those statements is in the complaint, and among other things, Musk stated that he would ensure the prosperity of existing shareholders, that he hoped all current shareholders would remain with Tesla, even if it were private, and that he would create a special purpose fund for that purpose, that no Tesla investors would be forced to sell their shares, that a private Tesla would, in his words, be smoother and less disruptive because there would no longer be what he termed negative propaganda from short sellers, and finally, that investor support is confirmed, and the only reason why this is not certain is that it's contingent on a shareholder vote. These misleading statements, none of which were pre-cleared or reviewed by anyone at Tesla, caused significant market confusion and disruption. Within minutes of the first tweet, Tesla's own head of investor relations questioned whether the communication was even legitimate. Investors and journalists contacted Tesla and asked whether the tweet was a joke. And NASDAQ, which requires its members to give the exchange advance notice of market-moving information, but had received no advance notice of the announcement, suspended trading for more than 90 minutes following the tweet. The response of Tesla's investor relations department is further evidence of the extent of confusion caused by Musk's conduct. As alleged in our complaint, over the course of the day on August 7th, Tesla's investor relations personnel took Musk's statements at face value, reassuring analysts that funding had in fact been secured for the transaction. The investor relations department told analysts that there was, quote, firm offer and that, the, quote, the offer is as firm as it gets. Predictably, as seen on the trading charts on the boards next to me, Musk's tweets significantly impacted both the price and volume of trading in Tesla's stock. At the end of the trading day on August 7th, Tesla's stock closed at $379 per share, 
up more than 6% from its price just prior to the initial tweet. According to the complaint, Musk's tweets were false and misleading. For example, his tweets that funding was secured and that investor support is confirmed were simply not true. He had neither secured a commitment from any source to provide funding for a transaction, nor confirmed investors' support. In fact, while leading Tesla's investors to believe that he had a firm offer in hand, we allege that Musk had arrived at the price of $420 by assuming a 20% premium over Tesla's then existing share price and then rounding up to $420 because of the significance of that number in marijuana culture and his belief that his girlfriend would be amused by it. Similarly, Musk's claim that the only reason why this is not certain is that it's contingent on a shareholder vote was also false and misleading. Among other things, a going private transaction would have required Tesla's board to approve a formal proposal, but as alleged in our complaint, no proposal had even been presented to the board. Musk also created the false impression that the terms of the transaction had been settled when, as we allege, they had not even been explored. For example, Musk tweeted that current retail shareholders would have the option of continuing to hold their shares, even though he had been told before he published the tweets that it would be very difficult for retail investors to remain invested in Tesla if it were private. And in fact, as he later admitted, there was no way for small shareholders to retain their position in Tesla if it had gone private. Nor had Musk investigated whether this transaction, purportedly to be financed by a foreign sovereign wealth fund, would require regulatory approvals or be able to obtain them. Despite all of these unknowns and uncertainties, Musk's tweets and blog posts misled investors into believing that it was virtually certain that he could take Tesla private at a substantial premium over its then existing share price, subject only to the contingency of a shareholder vote. This case demonstrates our commitment to holding individuals accountable for violations of the federal securities laws. A chairman and CEO of a public company has important responsibilities to shareholders. Those responsibilities include the need to be scrupulous and careful about the truth and accuracy of statements made to the investing public. Whether those statements are made in a traditional form, such as a press release or an earnings call, or through less formal methods, such as Twitter or other social media. And as we have said before, in connection with other matters, neither celebrity status nor a reputation as a technological innovator provide an exemption from the federal securities laws. Finally, let us introduce and thank the SEC team that has worked tirelessly over the last two months on this case. They are Walker Newell, Brent Smith, Barrett, At Barrett Atwood, Steve Buchholz, Aaron Schneider, Gina Choi, and Cheryl Crumpton. We are happy to take a couple of questions now, but please do bear in mind that because this matter is now in litigation, we are limited about what we can say. Thank you. Yes. Should Elon Musk be able to remain a CEO while this is adjudicated? Pending a final judgment and a determination by the court, um, he would remain uh, in his position unless he or the company made a different decision. Yes? Ben Bain with Bloomberg News. Can you talk a little bit about why you've moved so quickly in this case? It seems like it's quicker than uh, similar cases would normally be. And also, how serious are you about uh, barring him from uh, serving as a director or a 
been with respect to the speed, as I've said and Stephanie has said before, we believe our actions have the most impact when they're brought most closely in time to the events that, uh, that bring them forth. Um, we conducted a swift investigation here. The investigation was complete, and it was time to make a charging decision, and we made one. Yeah, hi, uh, Peter Schrader with Reuters. Does this activity uh, preclude any other uh, additional charges against uh, Mr. Musk or Tesla as the company? I think we're not going to comment beyond what's uh, in the complaint that we brought today. Um, in, in, the, in the complaint, you specifically say that uh, his actions showed that he would do this again. Can you explain that a little bit, what, what, he did, what, what transpired that made you think he would do this again, and um, do you think that that's been mitigated? Yeah, I, I don't think we can comment um, beyond the allegations that are in the complaint. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. The stock is uh, off the session lows right now, down 11 percent. The SEC just explained all of the charges uh, and answered a couple of the questions from reporters. One of those questions is, can Elon Musk remain as CEO while the case is being adjudicated? And the answer was yes, unless he or the company decides otherwise. Let's bring in our own Phil LeBeau and Tesla watcher Gene Munster. Um, Phil, I want to go to you first. What was your reaction um, from, about the SEC and, and what they said? Well, there's no ambiguity. I mean, they are they believe this is a cut and dry case. And the fact that they moved as quickly as they have, the fact that they have laid this case out in what they believe is very clear terms. Um, now, whether or not it gets resolved uh, rather quickly by Elon Musk and his legal team, that remains to be seen. But what I what struck me is the tenor of that press conference is very clear. The SEC thinks this is a black and white issue here. And they're in it's a case that they feel very confident about. And one other thing, Melissa, you guys were having a discussion earlier about if Elon Musk, let's say he steps aside for several months while this is under investigation, or that he is removed as CEO, what kind of a bench strength does Tesla have? They do have talented people at Tesla. That is true. But aside from Chief Technical Officer J.B. Straubel and the CFO, Deepak Ahuja, name anybody else at that company right now. We know a lot of people who have left. Chief Engineer Doug Field. We know mm -hmm. other people who have left, and that's not to say that there aren't other talented people there. But do not compare the bench strength at Tesla right now with the bench strength as Steve Jobs was ill and ultimately passed away. Night and day difference. And so I think that's one of the things that people will be watching as they see this play out. Gene, I want to bring you in. What are the odds that Elon Musk remains in the CEO job? I have a different answer now versus before that press conference. I think it's uh, it's lower. I'd say 25% chance he remains as a director. 25%. So 75% chance that Elon Musk is no longer CEO of this company. I, I think. I, I think. Well, let me take a step back. Is that uh, this has to be litigated? There's a chance that this uh, gets totally acquitted. But uh, what really stuck out is this concept that the SEC. I mean, they just they want blood here when they talk about his celebrity status. That tells me that, that there is something that's very personal that's going on here and that that influences that number. So uh, maybe I need to back off of that a little bit and say that I, I think I'm, I, I, there's a much greater chance that he gets uh, uh, removed, I would say, greater than 50 percent, maybe leave it at that for now, that he uh, removes, it gets removed. But I also want to stress that uh, that is, in my book, actually a positive outcome, as crazy as that is. 
I think it, his role is best as a product visionary. I think that his uh, responsibilities around investor relations have got us into this mess in the first place, and I think it will ultimately force change. So, Melissa, the answer is greater than 50 percent chance that he gets removed but I, uh, as an officer, but I still think that there is a 95 percent chance he remains in a very important and critical leadership role at the company. This is a critical moment, Gene, I would think, for the board of directors of this company to prove that they are going to do what is best for the investor base. Can a board stand by and allow a CEO to be charged by the SEC for fraud and continue in his role? Do they have a responsibility at the very least to say, yes. you know what, Elon Musk, for the time being, you're sidelined? Absolutely. I don't think the board has the, the backbone to do that. Well, his brother's uh, on the board, I for think one. That, <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, I'm, I'm in the camp that, that, that uh, a couple of the board members should stay, the, the rest should go. Uh, but uh, so I don't think, Melissa, I think that would be a normal company, that they would ask him to step aside as this gets litigated. Uh, I don't think that that's going to happen in this case. If uh, we come in tomorrow and, in fact, that has happened, Actually, as crazy as it sounds, I think it's a positive because I think that um, I, I'm in a different camp with Tim, uh, who was earlier on the show talking about the, the longer-term believers. I'm just a firm believer in electric autonomy and, and Tesla and their technology. And so I think that this, too, will pass, but it's going to be quite a storm before we get to some, some calmer waters. And, and it's going to pass only if the board handles it in the right way, I would think. So let's game this out, Gene. Let's say... Um, you know, the board says, okay, Elon, step aside. Phil is making the point that Tesla simply doesn't have the deepest bench, especially after so many executive departures. Who, in your view, could step into those shoes? Agree with the JB comment. Deepak is not the person for that. Uh, I think kind of the recent promotion of Jerome Gillian, I think that that is kind of a head of autos. That would be an important role in somebody that uh, has been with the company for a while, left and came back. And I think that that's uh, Drum is one person who potentially could fill that role. It still isn't going to be the same simple transition that Apple had to Tim Cook. Nothing can be as good. And that is clearly a black mark on this company, that they haven't uh, groomed that leadership. But keep in mind, just take a big picture, uh, take a step back and look at the big picture here. There is some massive changes going around technology, and this company still, despite all of this, still has a head start. And I think that they will be able to bring talent back to the company if Elon is in a more appropriate role, like a visionary role. Um, but, Gene, there, there's a long ways between now and then, and you could be a long-term believer in the company, but not like what is going on at the company right now or how it's being handled so let's, I mean, if Gene, you, were, you can't tell me that the competitive forces haven't changed dramatically and that the regulatory forces haven't changed dramatically and that the technical forces haven't changed dramatically, they can't ramp up when they need to go mass market. So, you know, for the people that just sit there and say it's a great story long term, I, I think they're missing the fact that the leadership that this company had two years ago has dissipated rapidly. Uh, one, one thing on that, I think they are ramping Model 3 production nicely. I think that it will more than double or just about double quarter on quarter. Elon Musk said as much, whether you believe anything back on September 7th. Uh, but I, I think that the production is moving in, in the right direction. I think that competition is less of an issue here, just given how nascent of a market. One percent of the global autos are EV today. That eventually is going to be 100 percent. So I'm a believer that they actually do have something. But, Melissa, to your point, is that this clearly, I'm taking the perspective of an investor who has um, a, a view of more than one year. I think for an investor who has a view of uh, three months, 
uh, I don't know how to play this. I don't know how to trade this. It feels like there's more negative news coming than positive. That would be my initial gut. I think that in, in time this will pass, this storm will pass. But the trading, it's going to be a roller coaster here for the next uh, few months. Phil LeBeau, let's bring you in. Uh, Melissa, I just want to add, add one thing that Gene was talking about in terms of the management team and no comparison between Tesla now and Apple mm -hmm. towards the end of uh, the, the Steve Jobs era. Remember, it was maybe three months, four months ago that Elon Musk said that he was going to flatten out the management structure. And at the time, that was before any of this, this tweet secure or funding secured business came up. At the time, people said, are you nuts? You already have enough on your plate that you're going to flatten out the management structure so more people report to you. And this was in the midst of a number of executives leaving. So they're already going through that transition. And now you have this SEC investigation and now charges brought against Elon Musk. Gene, let me ask you this question. Um, it seems like a critical time. You made the point that that competition still is very young. Uh, but right now, it's, it's Tesla's time to sort of prove that they've got the gumption to actually execute on their vision. Uh, is Tesla a weaker company or a stronger company? The same company with Elon Musk underneath this cloud? If Elon's gone altogether, it's a weaker company. Would agree with some of the earlier commentary that the stock has a lot will, more to will go. That, will that impact how they execute in this very critical period where they are ramping up ahead of big competition or potentially big competition from the likes of a BMW? Pure play. I'm sure it's going to have. I'm sure it will have some impact. I think the. the the, the question that I'm asking, will it have enough of an impact to impact some of the bonds that are due? The really the critical ones are going to be the ones that are coming kind of uh, in February of next year. Yeah. So uh, to answer your question, Melissa, I don't believe, I, I, let me word it slightly different. I believe that they will successfully continue to ramp. I think Model 3 demand continues to be driving higher, and I think that that will get them to a point where they can service their debt. Uh, I think that they would be doing better, there's no question, if they didn't have uh, this circus to cope with. So, Gene, when you just said it has, uh, I had mentioned before that I think it gets cut in half without Elon Musk there. Obviously, there's a couple of stutter steps before we get there. But without yeah. Elon Musk, I do, I do not believe that you have a company. So when you said that it does have far more to fall, would you agree with that type of analysis where the stock could get cut in half? I know we're just They're throwing stuff it. at a whiteboard. Um, having said that, on its way down there, does somebody come in and buy technology from right. Tesla when all of this is uh, happening in a precipitous fashion? So call it a 50 billion market cap now, plus or minus. Uh, that is a big number, but there are companies out there who have large balance sheets that have large ambitions within this space. Uh, I do not think the stock can get cut in half. I think it's going to be a wild ride over the next three months as as day-to-day as, uh, -day we uh, ride this uh, roller coaster. But I, I do think that there are two things going on. Number one is I think that they will continue a leadership role. Assuming that Elon keeps a role at the company, I think that the company will continue to be successful, uh, not, a, not a board role or a chair role. Uh, but, but separately, I, I think that uh, that bid, that other bid out there, it's hard to quantify. Is it $30 billion? I always fall back to what other companies, uh, Facebook buying WhatsApp, totally different business for $20 billion. But uh, I'd rather own Tesla for, for $30 billion than even with the debt that they have than WhatsApp for $20 billion. Uh, a case of one, but I think that there's definitely uh, this, this, uh, this backstop that can support shares from freefall.
All right, Gene, why don't you uh, stay right there? Um, just want to get your your quick reaction in terms of the trade here. Well, if, there I is, think, if there is one in your Actually, view. I do think there's a trade. We know it's going to be volatile. I'm more in Grasso's camp where you don't touch this thing until it's 180 or 140. That's where the support is. Now, what I'll be looking for is if it starts to drop like that, Elon Musk gets pushed out, and then all of a sudden we get some news that perhaps somebody who can run the auto company is coming in. At that point, then I'm going to get more bullish on it. But I don't think that happens till 180 or 140. I think we've got a long way to go. Let's get to Phil Lebeau. Statement from Elon Musk. Phil. Melissa, here it is. Elon Musk issuing a statement just a few minutes ago saying this unjustified action by the SEC leaves me deeply saddened and disappointed. I have always taken action in the best interest of truth, transparency and investors. Integrity is the most important value in my life and the facts will show I never compromise this in any way. Melissa, I don't think we can get a whole lot out of that statement aside from this is what you would expect uh, somebody who's just been charged by the SEC with fraud to say. Essentially, look, I, I don't know why this charge has been brought against me. I don't think it's justified. I've only had the best interest of the company in mind. So it's a little hard from just this statement, Melissa, to read much into it in terms of is Elon Musk fighting mad and he's going to well, go to go to the mat actually, against the SEC or is he thinking about some type of a, a resolution? Actually, I think that it speaks volumes, Phil, that he released a statement in the traditional manner as opposed to tweeting that statement out. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I mean, yeah, honestly, you're right I mean, about that, that. you might uh, think I'm making a right. joke out of that, but I, I, I think that no, but it shows that perhaps he's reconsidering how he uses Twitter. I don't know. You could be right about that. You could be right about that. Couldn't you, though, Phil, or the desk claim that you're sorry that this case has been brought and show at least some sense of not complete defiance? Um, to say that it's unjustified, first of all, means you're only going to get the dander that much further up at the at the SEC, who has been pointed out by you, and I think it's totally right, Phil. This is sure. a celebrity guy who's been put in their face. The 420 number, he, he mentioned 22 million Twitter followers. I mean, they, they, they know this guy's got reach. Don't you think Elon Musk could have been more conciliatory without, with his lawyer's blessing, without admitting anything? Sure, he could have been. But, A, that's not his style. He is never somebody who is going to throw out the conciliatory tone uh, very often. And second of all, if Elon Musk truly believes that this is a case that he can win, then he's put out that statement out there. Now, I know a lot of people will listen to that after seeing the SEC press conference and they'll say, look, this seems pretty easy for the SEC to win this case. He'd be, he'd be crazy to fight them. Elon Musk is somebody who may honestly believe and that he can convince his legal team, look, we can win this, and there, here's why we can win this. All right, Phil, thank you. We'll check back in with both you and Gene Munster later on in this hour as we say on top of this big breaking story again. In case you're just joining us, the SEC charging Tesla founder and CEO Elon Musk with fraud. The stock right now is down 10.6%. It is off the after-hour session lows. Infamous short seller Andrew Left, who filed a class action lawsuit against Tesla, will be joining us. Is he still short the stock? What does he think of the fate that Tesla may be facing? Plus, James Stewart of the New York Times will also be joining us to weigh in on what happens to Elon Musk now. Remember that bombshell New York Times interview with Elon Musk just a few weeks ago. We are live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, 
Our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. His tweets that funding was secured and that investor support is confirmed were simply not true. He had neither secured a commitment from any source to provide funding for a transaction, nor confirmed investor support. That was the co-director of enforcement at the SEC talking about the charges against Tesla CEO Elon Musk. We've got Citron Research founder Andrew Left on the phone. He's short Tesla. Earlier this month, he filed a class action lawsuit against Tesla. Andrew, great to have you with us. Thanks for phoning in. Hi, Melissa. What's happening? Um, at any point, uh, we're down about 11 percent in Tesla shares. Uh, are you still short the stock? And I'm wondering if at any point it's a long. I don't think it's a long. I, I think it's a, it's a difficult short. I wonder now if Elon Musk gets removed as CEO, is that a positive or is that a negative for the company? Uh, who knows right now? I, I'm surprised that its shareholders are shocked that he gets charged. Of course he was going to get charged by the SEC. If you lie, you get charged by the SEC. I mean, to me, that was obvious. So for the market to be uh, react like this, it only shows that they think that a halo existed that, you know, no one's above the law. Um, you said it's a difficult short. Does that mean that you, you're considering or that you have covered? Yeah, I mean, it, it, Melissa, it's not about my position right now. Elon Musk was just charged by the SEC for fraud. You refer to me as infamous, and he's charged by for fraud. My, whatever small position I might have in the stock is irrelevant. What's more relevant is, you know, the future of Tesla right now and where does this take the company. I'll tell you one thing. Short sellers always thought the best thing they had going for them was Elon Musk. And shareholders always thought the best thing they had going for them was Elon Musk. So now it's the battle of the good versus the bad and see what happens. You know, it's interesting that you, you just made that statement because the fate of the company and the fate of Elon Musk is the concern of short sellers. It is the concern of investors, isn't it? I mean, when you're shorting the stock, as you said, you're factoring Elon Musk as a risk factor. So it's not just, you know, my position doesn't oh. matter. I mean, you're, act, you're thinking about this, and so that's why we asked you these, these questions. Oh, no, absolutely. I think the SEC charge is, I mean, I, who cares? I, I knew this was going to happen. It had to happen. I would be more concerned about how he's acted on conference calls, the fact that he did this in the first place, whether he was charged or not. I think everyone knew it wasn't true. Uh, so... You know, what happens to the company if Elon Musk stays on as chief visionary and they hire an operator as the CEO? Does the stock go up or does the stock go down? Uh, you know, so maybe people will start judging the company and more of the merits of the company and not Elon Musk. But I didn't think this, in my personal opinion, that this event by him being charged by the SEC would be the defining moment that would make people wake up and say, hey, this guy's a loose wire. He's been a loose wire for a long time. No one needed the SEC to tell me that. Hey, Andrew, this is Pete Najarian. Real quick question then. So the catalyst is out, right? I mean, you were waiting to see what would happen to get the results that you've gotten right now. The stock's down significantly. So is it time to cover, in your opinion, then? It sounds like that's what you're saying because you said we were you know, waiting it, it for... Depends, it depends on your risk tolerance. Okay. People are short the stock for different reasons than why people are long the stock. Okay? Everyone who's short the stock says, hey, it's a money-losing car company. It's going to continue to lose money and slow demand. People who own the stock think Elon's a visionary, and maybe this is just a small setback in a greater story. So, you know, in that case, it's the most over-discussed topic out there. But the key thing is I just don't see why people are surprised. 
When he made that statement, it was not true. The SEC had to charge him. It's not. Every CEO, you couldn't be a short seller. Every CEO would just come out and say tomorrow they're thinking of taking their company private. You had to. So to me, I, I don't, it's not a shock that this happened. Andrew, we're going to leave it there. Thanks for phoning and appreciate it. Andrew right, left goodbye. of Citron Research. He hit on an interesting point, and that is, <laughs> is it a good thing or a bad thing if the CEO is removed after hearing the SEC briefing? This CEO, after hearing <laughs> yeah. this CEO, it's a different but, thing. This is a this is a standalone company. Yeah, yeah. There's never right, right. No, but, but I'm saying this, is, this one is. I'm not sure how the stock would trade. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I, I hear you. There's a 26 percent short interest. You could get a pop off of this with the action of people saying, okay, it's going to be a near-term positive. We're getting him out of here. It's going to be some accountability. I don't think you're going to have a lasting pop. And once these little bit of supports end, you're talking about a, a cataclysmic fall on a stock that is him. Speaking of support, let's uh, get the technical analysis on Tesla at this point now down 11%. Todd Gordon of TradingAnalysis.com is here. Todd, what do you see here? Hey, Melissa. Yeah, so I was just talking to Mike Coe off camera here. We're talking about the expected move as of the closing today at 3.07. The, the, one, the plus and minus one standard deviation, which is basically where option markets see the stock falling 70% of the time, was $38 subtracted from the closing price, which is 3.07. So if you do a rough approximate rock rough approximation that gives you the low so far. So what you'd say is this is not overly excessive in terms of oversold on a technical basis. So 270, okay, if we hold, fine. Let's go back and look at kind of the longer term since IPO and just get the technical perspective of where the stock has come and the impressive gains that we've seen. So this is from IPO, very nice work there. And we can see that the stock um, has had a very, very nice uh, symmetrical, kind of very measured, approach up towards these highs. So it looks very good. So I want to just go ahead and circle in on this most recent rally here down to the daily chart. This is a weekly that we're looking at here. So go to the daily. And what we're going to do here, we're going to clear that chart. There we go. So we are still very much supported from these recent lows. We've had a lot of attacks on the short side. We're trying to get through the 240, 250 level. We're just not able to do it. That expected move, as I mentioned, at the close still acts as support. So BK was saying he wants to get him down to 180, 150. You know, you've got a lot of wood to chop, a lot of floor to break, to break through that 240, 250 before you get him down there. So right now, that stock still looks technically supported. All right, technically supported. Todd, thank you. Todd Gordon, tradinganalysis.com. Pina Jarian, yeah. what sort of activity have you seen in the options market of late? You know, they've been playing it both ways, mostly more, more positive than they have actually to the negative side, because I think people expected that they'd see something that would actually be a catalyst to push it higher, not knowing exactly when this type of a report was going to come out, but knowing that it was somewhere into the future. I still, I'm a little frustrated with the answer from Andrew Left, though, because it seems to me like the catalyst that he was looking for has come and gone. So it seems to me you, you that, close a position. Does that mean that you think the worst case scenario has happened for Tesla, that the worst is behind I it? don't know. Here's the problem I uh -huh. have is I, I'm still somebody who's been watching this forever, watching people leave, 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 and I don't see what the hierarchy is. Who is the next person? I mean, Phil LeBeau brought up a couple of names, maybe two names. But even that, is that impressive enough for people to say, you know what, I'm willing to take a shot on a company who's got somebody else sitting at the helm and it's not Elon Musk? I don't know. Well, as we've kind of danced around, are you long the stock because of Elon Musk or are you short the stock because of Elon Musk? In other words, is he at this point the guy that's really the, 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 the guy that's the, you're most concerned about? I, I think bottom line is Elon Musk is gone. This stock has a lot more room to go. Um, not necessarily now because I think we have certainly something to play out, but there's no question 
that people have believed in Elon in a way that they have believed in other visionary leaders, and they've been able to overlook a complete lack of operational uh, accuracy uh, in terms of what this company or execution, even though they've built great cars and whatnot, and they're not going to be DeLoreans. But, I mean, you know, bottom line here is this is a company where people have banked on Elon. Well, and here's the thing. We don't know. Let's just say they brought somebody. We don't know who it's going to be. There's nobody that we know of that are waiting in the wings. We can't even name one or two people that would come from the outside to come in. The board of directors has shown no leadership at this company whatsoever. Many people are calling for them to be gone, all of them. So Kimball's what are you nice left with? Though. Yeah, well, I mean, nice his hat. brother's on the board. Maybe his brother takes over. I mean, the point being is that, yeah, all these things can happen, but there's nothing waiting in the if wings. If starts trading on time. fundamentals, has it traded on fundamentals or has it traded on Elon Musk? It's traded on Elon, Elon Musk, Musk 100%. So if you lose Elon it's Musk. It's to be fair, it's a combination, a right? Point, it's a combination. I mean, it's, you know. it's not fundamentals. It's the vision. And, the vision and a great part of the vision is held by Elon Musk. Right. So I would argue all the vision is Elon so Musk. I, I, yeah. You know, if you had to bring it down to a percentage, it would, it's probably 90%, if not more, right? I, I'm holding back a little bit. 90% no, 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 Elon Musk but, and 10% But could somebody buy this company and take this intellectual property and take what's out there and do something with it? Of course. Sure. There's a tremendous amount of asset base here that's very at, at valuable. What, to Gene's point, at what price? At what price? Right. At what at what price could, does it come? Would a company come in and buy Tesla now? Right. <laughs> I, I don't. Not right now, but maybe at thirty billion, maybe at twenty-five billion, which is Steve Grasso's one hundred fifty dollars price. It finally. No, I mean, we've been talking about why, that. Yeah, why not at this valuation? Right. Huh? That means that we're only thinking about car companies buying this company. Exactly. Right. right? When, I mean, when really, the, I this mean, is a technology the field, company. The field right? could Apple, potentially maybe Apple could come in and buy it. Does, does Google take out some pieces? Does Alphabet come out and take some pieces of the autonomous? Do they take out some pieces? Or do you, is it just, just going to be a carcass hunt at this point? Right. Not a one size, fit into the box, take all, winner take all. There's an important distinction to make, too, that the SEC is charging Elon Musk as an individual and not charging Tesla yet. Did you but, think that was yeah. interesting in the press conference, Mel? Because ultimately, when they were asked, they, 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 they almost seemed like they, they weren't ready to discuss it, but they certainly didn't rule it out. Rule what out? That the company could oh. also have an indictment. And, right. and I thought that it's, was interesting in what we just saw. It's early days in the investigation. For more on this whole story, let's bring in New York Times' Jim Stewart, CNBC contributor. Jim, great to have you. I think the last Good time I spoke with you, um, you had just written the article with your colleagues after interviewing Elon Musk after all of this had happened. I'm curious, did the SEC contact you? Uh, were they looking for those <laughs> tapes in any way? No, I haven't heard a word from the SEC. And by the okay. way, we're journalists. We're not law enforcement. There, there needs to be a strict church and state there. If they want to know things that we know, we put it in the newspaper and they can do what they want with it. I, I did find his statement today, uh, first of all, the charges are amazing to me because it wasn't just like one or two of the tweets were false. It, it was like every single one that day had materially false information on it, which to me then, and then his response, I think, is troubling in that it seems a little bit delusional. If you read the SEC complaint, almost all the evidence they cite for the fact that it was false came from their interview with Elon Musk. He's quoted all over in there, having told them, no, I never talked to anyone about it. Oh, I thought it would amuse my girlfriend if it was Th that Those are his, that's his those words. Those are his words okay. in the complaint. So how can he now look at this complaint and say, oh, this is completely unfounded, when he is the source of almost all the evidence? And that's another reason why I think they were able to move so quickly, because they interviewed him. I'm sure they interviewed the directors. There, there are no facts in dispute here. So... 
I don't see a defense here. I think he's got the, he and his lawyers have got to get in there and start settlement talks now. And one of the biggest pieces of leverage they have is the willingness of Elon Musk to step aside. And that would almost inevitably be part of the settlement of this deal. Step aside in what capacity? Could he still be at the company? Could he still be an officer but not CEO? Typically, I mean, he'd your... be banned from being uh -huh. an officer or director of right. any public company for, I think Martha Stewart was out for five years or something like that. It would be, I would think it would be something in, the, in the, that neighborhood. Um, and that that might be part of it. But he could still be an advisor. He's still a very large shareholder. He could still be an important presence there. He just can't run the thing. And he can't be making unauthorized public material public statements like this. I mean, it is amazing that maybe one reason they haven't charged Tesla is that nobody else there knew anything charged. about this. Right. Um, did you think that it, it seemed odd and maybe it made it seem like the SEC would be less likely to come to a deal with Elon Musk? The fact they, that they said something to the effect of his status as a celebrity CEO and tech innovator doesn't exempt him from following the law. I thought that was a very, that, that stood out. It was like a underscored for me. Absolutely. And I, th I think, first of all, they needed to say that. From a law enforcement perspective, you get a celebrity defendant like this. It is incredibly valuable in sending a message to the rest of the world. Everyone is paying attention to this case. This is setting an example for every other CEO that they have any uh, regulatory authority over who is going to be watching this very carefully. So, yes, he is going to get intense scrutiny, and, and they want to make an example of him, given what appear to be the egregious facts. I mean, which, again, to me, goes to this very important question, which they haven't addressed yet. Under what circumstances did he issue this tweet? We reported in the story he was apparently driving alone in his car to the airport, and he starts firing off the, you know, a takeover bid for the company. Now, who does that? Even the SEC, we're all treating this like some kind of rational act. I don't think it is. There's something else going on here, and I'll be very interested to know what, the, what those things are, um, because that goes to the question, is should he stay, and in what capacity? You know, he, he appears to have smoked marijuana on, an, on a nationally televised blog not that long. After all of this, when he knows he's under public scrutiny, I mean, a lot of investors, I think, are very concerned about it, which goes, again, should he leave? I know directors who want to find a way to force him to take a break. Directors at the company? Yes. And they have been, they have are not... Are they the independent directors, or are they also the I don't want to get into, I don't want to okay. get into exactly who, but I do know absolutely there are directors who want him to take a break. They feel he needs to take a break. And uh, they, they've been looking for a face-saving way to do it. This may be their perfect opportunity. I want to bring in Jim Cramer. Cramer alert here. Jim is uh, chomping at the bit to talk Booyah! about these charges against Elon Musk. Jim, I, what do you I make of this whole situation? I, I listened to my friend James B. Stewart just now, Melissa, and I keep coming back to the notion this man is erratic. He's unstable. He should not be right now uh, running a public company. I think it's time for a medical leave of absence or some sort of leave of absence where they can figure out what has happened to him. You can't say and do the things he is doing and expect to be able to run a public company. Jim, when you saw him recently, I mean, you, you've interviewed him. You did that great New York Times piece. This is not a rational man. Well, he himself, I did a whole column on this, he himself has alluded to whether he might be uh, on the spectrum of bipolar or manic depression or something like that. And I, I don't think there should be any stigma about that. Many, many people have this. It's treatable. Um, but if that's a factor here, I think it's time for it to be addressed. I agree with Jim on that. 
Kramer, question I for also, you. Um, how sure. does this, you know, let's say Elon Musk steps aside. How does the stock trade? We're sort of all wondering what the, what the reaction would be. Well, the man always does get a pass, but at least he was there when he gets a pass. I, I have to tell you that this calls into question the thing that people most love about the stock, not that they love the car, obviously, is this man himself. And I think that if this man himself is going to be have to step away if the SEC pursues this successfully, we'll make it so that this stock will finally get what the bears have been saying would happen all along. It'll take a real, real swoon. So 12% decline does not reflect that potential outcome. I think there's a lot of people, Jim knows this better than anyone, who are very unsophisticated about what the SEC can do and what the Justice Department can do. But, Jim, if they refer this to justice and justice prevails, do you really think that people who love this stock endlessly can love it as much as they do? No, and you're absolutely right about that. I know plenty of investors who, are, they're not sophisticated investors. They love Elon. They love the story. They have total faith in it. And, Jim, you bring up a very good point about possible criminal charges. We're not, it's not clear yet that they're out of the woods on that. And again, when I read the SEC complaint, over and over again, they talk about how upset he was with the short sellers. I'm reading along. Every one of those references, I see motive, 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 motive. Because what they have to allege and prove in a criminal case is that he had intent, intent to manipulate the stock for an, uh, an unacceptable purpose, which would include punishing the short sellers. And I noticed in the SEC charges, then, those facts don't really have anything to do with it. It's just about false statements. You don't need to say why you made the false statements. But that, over and over in that complaint, they talk about his upset, how upset he was with the short sellers. And to me, that is laying the groundwork for a motive in a potential criminal case. Um, exactly Jim, right. Jim was talking about some of the, the smaller investors, and, and granted they're important, but the institutional investors are probably the most important. These have been longtime shareholders of, of Tesla shares. They've traded in and out, but they've kept mainly their large positions, Jim. You know, if you're at a Fidelity, if you're at, name the growth fund out there and you're holding on to Tesla shares, can, can you do that with the SEC charged I, for, for fraud and, I, and tell I, your investors, I, I, I'm going to stand by? Melissa, I think it just got wishful. It wasn't wishful before this. It was, listen, you know, you got you small-minded people who worry about things like the balance sheet and worry about whether uh, they make the monthly numbers. You're, you're just Lilliputian in thinking. Well, suddenly the guy who actually directs the company and is probably more the company than any other CEO I know, let's say he has to step aside. These people have to go answer to other people within their companies. And the, those other people are going to say, and it's be their elders, what are you smoking? <laughs> Jim, Fair well enough. thank you. Uh, it's great to get your analysis on this. I know you got to, got to get ready for your show in just a few minutes. So we'll see you at the top thank of the you. hour on Mad Money. Thank you, um, Melissa. Good to see you. Thanks, ya. Jim. Enjoy out there. Um, here on the desk, so what do you do? Well, there's one really important thing we haven't talked about yet is in the complaint, they talked about investor relations at Tesla saying, yeah, we have a deal. The funding is secured as it can be, when they knew they didn't have anything. So we don't have a charge against the company yet, but that is another shoe that could drop, and I think investors will run for the hills when they see that. I, I think the point we've made today, it's very important, and I, I know I've made it for a long time. Look, fundamentals on this company, uh, I think, are challenging. And everyone else has said, okay, great. It's a big tech story. It's a trillion-dollar idea. If you're removing that idea, it was. what's going on? There was a trillion dollars of risks before. I mean, I just, you know, that's, but fundamentals, without this news, 
This company was a sell. And next earnings are going to be at the end of October. You have plenty of time. We do get deliveries in the first week of October. So you're going to so see, gonna, you're gonna see gonna deliveries benchmark. into, into right. that. So let, let's say the deliveries are good. cover off the ball, Pete. <laughs> Which, what do you think? which they may be, I mean, going into this whole thing. But I think the reality of it for me right now, Mel, is this is something. I mean, Tim's right. The fundamentals have never been there. But that wasn't what people were buying. They were buying Elon Musk. They were buying the story. They were buying the idea of what it is that was behind the, the, the curtain, so to speak. So I look at this in, in one other way, though. They lost Doug Field. Yeah. If there's somebody who could lift. step in to be there. Well, here's a guy who went from Apple to Tesla and back. He just took on a CEO job at he, Lyft, though. He just Maybe started. so. But you know what? I think you got to go out and find somebody. He was in charge of manufacturing and production. How about this? If they, beat, if they beat on deliveries, it still doesn't matter. The stock is still a short. You might it doesn't get, matter. It, at this point, there's too no, much no, fog. It doesn't, it, it, it right doesn't matter because, I mean, the only reason why they're beating on, on deliveries is because Elon Musk was sleeping in the factory. Who are you going to get to drive this thing like that, right? So I don't think the deliveries matter anymore. I have been one of those people that said, you buy this because of Elon Musk. I now agree with Tim. The fundamentals are not there. Elon Musk is gone. There's nothing to this company. Well, maybe there's a little bit. By the way, SolarCity, the fundamentals weren't there either. He had to buy SolarCity. I, I think if SolarCity went bankrupt, Elon Musk's bloom would have been off the rose earlier. Well, you, you What's know, the, they, tomorrow? the board has been looking for someone to come in and, and help him, and they have gotten it nowhere. I mean, nobody wants to go into this situation. And I, I still think, until they clarify what the relationship would be with Elon, who, in their nobody right mind, would to want to report. go in? I would imagine that it's yes. case that nobody wants to report to Elon Musk. Yes, or, or to the board that he essentially has controlled. So right. I, until that is clarified, I can't imagine any highly talented, effective manager wanting to step into this mess. Have you contacted Elon Musk to see if he'd do another interview? <laughs> you never know. I mean, he did the interview never. before. You <laughs> never know. And, by, you know, by the way, I, I'm sad about this. I love the cars. I've driven the cars. This was a huge success story. It's so self -inflicted. It's a great American technology it's story. It's amazing. He's and a then, genius. It's, it's, a, it's a genius. upsetting to watch this transpire. It's painful. And yet, at the same time, in all my years of reporting, I've never seen anything like that series of tweets. I mean, this wasn't just a, a kind of a, a mistake or a, an understandable error. This was crazy from top to bottom. I can't think of another takeover office that was remotely like this in my decades of reporting. Jim, thank you. I look forward to reading your next column. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, in lieu of final trades, where does Tesla open tomorrow? How does it trade in tomorrow's session? I'm going to say lower than it is right now because no one lower knows Lower than what's going down 12%. Yes. 255 is the next support. It's trading at 267 right now. Where do you see Tesla? I think lower when people realize there's more to this. The company lower than down 12 percent. Lower than down 12 percent. Yep. My view is lower before today, so you know what it is now. All right. That does it for us here on Fast. See you back here tomorrow at five for more Fast Money. Meantime, a big edition of Mad Money from San Francisco with Jim Cramer starts right now. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.